Today, we're going to really focus on the perception that people take away from a communication, the perception that is from your body language, your facial expressions, the way that you say your words, um, not just the words that you say. And so with me today, I have Ted Crawford. Ted and I met at Con Expo a few weeks ago in one of the education sessions. So welcome, Ted. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks, Barb. Glad to be here. Yeah, um, so you are my second guest from uh, Con Expo and uh, from that particular session that I did on effective communication. But, but before we get into that, um, why don't you tell everyone a little more about or a little about your, um, your experience? Uh, you've spent most of your career or a long time in business development. So uh, tell everybody exactly what you've been doing and what your career has been like and where you're, where you're at now. Well, uh, sure. I, I've been, I hate to say it, but I, I actually took a, a summer job when I was 18 years old uh, as a laborer in the oil field. And um, gosh, that summer job paid so well, even as a laborer back in, back in those days, um, 1972, um, paid very well. And, and I ended up staying in, in the petroleum industry. That was, that was in the oil fields here in Long Beach. Uh, ended up staying in the petroleum industry all my working career, all 50 plus years of it. Um, went from being a laborer to a pipe fitter to a ASME certified welder. Um, moved kind of into the quality control QAQC part of the welding process and then started splitting time between QA, QC and business development, ultimately moving directly into just strictly business development for, for you know, the 20, 25 years. Um, it, it's been very fruitful to have that history, that background of being a welder, of being a pipe fitter, of knowing ASME, QAQC, um, to my to my business development efforts. Because when I'm talking to a customer, um, they know that I know what I'm talking about. They're not just right. talking to a salesman or a BD guy. They they can point at something and I know exactly what they're talking about. Um, so we can have that discussion and they they respect that. And so that's been very helpful in my business development part of my my career um, I joined Bragg um, gosh Bragg was first established in 1946 with one single crane in <sighs> in Signal Hill California it was uh, the oil boom days of Signal Hill and um, there was a need for a crane and and so they Mr. Bragg started with one single crane um, which evolved into multiple Bragg companies. The, the the prominent companies are obviously Bragg Crane, Bragg Crane and Rigging, uh, Bragg Heavy Transport, uh, uh, Bragg Industrial Services, which is the group that I represent, and and multiple others. Bragg also owns the the largest John Deere franchise in the Western United States. Kind of what what got us all to go to the Con Expo was their John Deere coastline equipment display. So okay. that's that's what got me to got me to Con Expo, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and, and Bragg, by the way, is still a family owned business. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. It is. It is still owned by the family. And Scott Bragg is our current uh, CEO and president. So was that your first time at Con Expo? It was. 
What did you find most impressive about the expo? Because there was a, there was a lot to be impressed by. I, I, <laughs> I was, there's so many things that I was impressed by. I was impressed by just the magnitude of the event where every place you went was Con Expo. There was banners and signs and posters, all Con Expo um, throughout Las Vegas. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a fairly good sized town with a lot of things going on. Yeah. But the reality was Con Expo dominated Las Vegas for that week and long before the week because it took probably months to set everything up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard I sat next to a guy on the plane that was part of the John Deere group, and he said that 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 entire, you know, that yeah. like multi-story like building they had, they'd sent guys out a month ahead of time to yep. construct that particular building. Uh, it was pretty cool. Sure, um, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I did not realize that you had so much field experience. Your LinkedIn profile just definitely does not show that part. So I want to come back to that when we get into more of the communication part for sure. Um, but let's talk about the education okay. sessions. Sure. So we met through the education sessions um, when you attended my communicating effectively class, but did you go to other education sessions and what did you, what classes did you find that you got a lot out of? So I did, I, I actually attended four sessions while I was there. I think it was one on the first day, two on the second day that I was there and one, one on the last day that I was there. Um, so the first one was leveraging your relationships, which was okay. I mean, it was a lot about LinkedIn, Facebook, or all of those things that I don't do much of. Um, I, I'm LinkedIn, and don't do don't do Twitter, don't do the, the other things. Um, almost no Facebook. So um, strictly LinkedIn is, is my go-to. Um, I attended the uh, another one called the Five Principles to uh, consist, consistent sales success. It was um, it was easy to follow, but the reality was is we had a, a fellow there um, who was the owner of a business and the only employee of the business. So we were hearing what he does, which doesn't really apply to anything where you are communicating or working with or strategizing with other people. He kind of gave us his routine and said, here's what I do. Right. Well, when you're the only person in the game, that's easy. Um, he says, I just shut the door for an hour and I, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Well, you can't always do that when you have other people that, that you work with. So okay. it was, there was a lot of good stuff there. Don't get me wrong, but it was also from the perspective of, of, one person by himself. So that that was that, you know, you can only take so much away from that. You have to still have, apply that to how it affects you. Right. And then your session, communicating effectively, um, which I told you, I, I think I got the most out of because I, I relate more to, um, to some of the challenges with <laughs> communicating effectively, body language and those kinds of things. Um, perception is reality. And if someone perceives you to be uh, not paying attention, not listening, um, standoffish, whatever it is, whether it's true or not, that's their perception. 
And then all of a sudden they start putting up barriers and shying away for whatever reason. And so their perception is maybe not right, but it's still right in their mind. Yeah, and no, I, I, that's... I totally want to tag on to that because that's how we actually uh, spoke to each other as during the communication. So, so the listeners understand during my presentation, I was talking about how body language um, sends such a such a strong message, but many times the message could be completely wrong. Um, in, in this particular case, I was talking about how if you're leaning back in your chair away from someone, it says that you're not really interested. If your arms are crossed, it says that you are closed off to the particular conversation. And I, I scanned the room and you're sitting in the front of the room and you're like the first person I can see and you're sitting by the aisle, you're leaning as far back in your chair as you can, feet are in the aisle and your arms are crossed. And I was trying to help the audience understand, sometimes just ask, right? And so I just put you on the spot and I said, what about you? Your body language says you're not buying anything that I'm selling right now. And you were immediately like uncrossed your arms and sat up like, you, what was your feeling in that moment? Well, first of all, I have to tell you, I knew it was coming um, <laughs> because you had put up a slide. You had put up a slide that said, that talked about body language. And instantly I knew I'm sitting there with my arms crossed and I'm going to get busted for it. And, <laughs> and, and you did, which is fine. It's okay. Um, the other part of that with my, my feet kind of out in the aisle, I'm six foot two. And so my feet are usually in the aisle wherever I'm sitting. Uh -huh. um, so that's that. But the, the, the crossing of my arms is, is kind of a habit. And it, it goes back to, and I have to, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. It goes back to being somewhat of an introvert. Now, when you talk about a business development guy, you don't think introvert. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've worked for years to overcome that. Um, that feeling of, of being an introvert. Uh, I've gone to Dale Carnegie classes. I've gone to Toastmasters classes. I started my own Toastmasters chapter. Um, I became the president of the Western States Petroleum Association um, Associates Group in Southern California, where I, where I needed to stand up in front of 180 of my peers and conduct a meeting. Yeah. So being an introvert, all my life, I've worked really hard in the last 30 years to try to overcome that. And it's still, it still kind of jumps out at me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there protecting myself with my arms crossed in front of me right. and it's, it's just a habit. So. Well, so. and what, <laughs> what I think is really interesting about that is, um, you know, had I not called on you, um, I would not, I wouldn't have known for sure, right? Um, but then I also would have walked away thinking, this guy felt like I put nothing in there. Like like he knew, he already knew everything I presented and I gave him nothing new. And yet instead I receive a, a message from you on LinkedIn saying I maybe got the most out of the presentation that you did. And it was such a contradiction of the body language. And I think it just reminds people, what I wanted to do is remind people to, one, be cognizant of your body language and what it may be telling people. But two, if you're reading something from someone, just ask, politely, respectfully ask. And 
like I said, I think in the in the presentation for me, I am usually cold in any environment. I am freezing. And so I tend to sit with my legs crossed and my arms crossed because I am cold and it may be giving off that and just asking really changes the perception. So we are so we are back to that perception is reality. If, yes. we, if we hadn't had that conversation, you would have just assumed that I got up and walked off and got nothing out of it. Absolutely. But, and one of the slides that I had in that presentation, and I'm probably going to get the numbers a little wrong, but I believe it's 55% of what people take away from a conversation is from your body language. 33% is from your the, the sounds that they hear, the tone of your voice or the silence, the pitch. And then only 7%, if that math adds up, uh, only well, 7% so, is words. Uh, so I'm going to correct you a little bit. Okay, please. Say, because I have it in front of me. Oh, great. <laughs> so it is 55% show. And movement, you have 33%. And 7% words. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we spend so much time focusing on saying the right words. And when really that is not what people are taking away from it. It is, right. it's, it's everything that went along with the words that is making up that, that um, perception. Perception. Yep. So switching gears, unless you have something else you want to say on perception. No, we're good. Um, so I love that you and I have similar experiences that we spent the first part of our career in the field and then transitioned to the office. And um, so two questions about that. One, do you notice the gap between communication in the field and the office? And sometimes there, there's a bridge that's needed because they're kind of operating in silos. Uh, and the second question being... Um, have you noticed through the years the focus on communication shifting from where when you started, people thought about it or didn't think about it, and now they're thinking about it more? So those questions. So last one first. Um, yes, I, I do notice it. I, I, I've seen it a lot over the over my career where um, people are, didn't used to be as concerned about how they said things or what they said um, or offending somebody or, you know, they just talked. I mean, guys in the field just talk like guys in the field. And uh, and you know how that goes. I do. Um, they usually, sometimes it ends up in a fight. Sometimes it just gets, they get mad and walk off and whatever. But um, it's, it's it's I think more more challenging now than it ever to make sure that you you kind of guard your your conversations and, and be respectful of others. That wasn't always the case. Um, being respectful of others wasn't always something people were concerned about. Right. And I think I see a lot of a lot more of that now. Um, first question again was. Um. The first question was, oh, the communication silos between field and office and finding a way to bridge that. Have you experienced that? And if so, how? what's a recommendation you can give to people to help bridge that gap? Gosh, that's a hard one because the industry that I'm in, 
pretty much everybody's looked at as a field person. Uh, even our office staff, they, they're looked at as kind of the field. I mean, we, we treat them the same way inside and outside. So it's kind of, that's kind of a hard question for me to really respond to. We don't have that big separation between this is the office up there and this is the field down here and never shall they meet. That's um, great. Our, our field people come right in the office and if they got an issue, they tell you straight up. Uh, our, our office people will, will go and spend time in the field with, with the field crews. So our business isn't that separate from there. That's fantastic because I think a lot, a lot particularly on the GC side of things, it is very separated um, and it's hard to bridge that gap. And people yeah. try to do away with the silos, but they're just very different entities, the field and the office. And there's ways to bridge those gaps. Um, um, and, and a lot of that is, is once again, it's overcoming that perception and, and talking through things instead of just assuming the PM's out to steal, you know, schedule from you or the, you know, the superintendent's trying to spend all your money or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's those you communication know, I, lines. I think it's a cultural difference that, that if you have, I mean, I've, I've worked for some great, great managers. I've worked for some that are not so great. If you have great managers who understand how to motivate people and get people on board, they'll do anything for you. Um, if you respect them and treat them well and and understand that they're just people trying to do their job. Yes. And um, if they just if they come to you with a with an issue, pay attention to it and 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 listen to it and try to help them solve it. Um, I, and I think that's really important with managers. And I don't think all managers are, are that compassionate. Yeah, people want to be heard. Even if people you don't go that direction, making sure that they understand that you heard them and you see their side and it has been considered. And here's why we're not going this way or saying, you know what, why not? Let's try it. But people just want to feel they want to know that they've been heard. They want to feel valued. And communication is what does that. And and on that note, if you if you someone comes to you and says, well, you know, I think we should try this or do this. And as a manager, you just blow them off and said, no, we're not going to do that. And to walk away They're all of a sudden now they're feeling like, OK, well, I don't have any value here um, rather than say, you know, we did that. We tried that once and it didn't work very well for us. And here's why it didn't work. Um, and so I don't think we want to go down that road again, but I appreciate your, your, your input. And I mean, I think that goes a long way. Those are just words that someone can, can say to, to make people feel better. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of times in construction, there can be the, well, we've always done it this way. And the, the people I've always been an out of the box thinker. I just come at things a little differently and I throw out ideas and sometimes I get looked at like I have six heads, like where did this idea even come from? But, you know, once we actually try it, they're like, holy crap, that actually worked, you know, but sure. you, you don't know until you give it a shot because construction in so many ways is still old school. But as as the transition is happening, man, there's there's such great things that are coming out of the new ideas and releasing those thoughts of this is how we've always done it. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, OK, so one I think one big question I'd like you to answer um, is.
through the years, would you say there's one particular um, a separation that has been, like you said, field and office really hasn't been a separation that's been hard to bridge. What about male and female or generationally? Are there, is there one of those that you find harder than the others? I, I don't, I don't, no, I don't. Not, and again, I, I'm only relating to brag companies because that's where I've been for the last 12 years. Um, I, I don't see a big gap in, in our company. I mean, granted, we don't have a lot of, of, of female employees who can do what the guys can do just simply because it, it takes a pretty big husky guy to to wrestle slings around that weigh, you know, 150 pounds and things like that. So um, a lot of the, a lot of that done is just by, by guys. I mean, just big 300 pound guys that are like six foot five and, and just because that's what it takes in the, in the crane business. Um, we have, we have women in the field that work for us. We have women engineers that work for us. Um, so with Bragg, I don't, I don't ever see that kind of a, any kind of a separation. Okay. I don't, I just don't see it. That's um, great. Not with us. That's great. Well, is there anything else on communication that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? Oh gosh. Um, I, I made some notes. I, I, we kind of touched on most of them. Um, I just, I think that, I think that um, of the five, uh, the four sessions that I, that I went to, I, I, I personally got the most out of yours just because of my history of being somewhat introverted and, and the slides that you put up were important to me. I took pictures of them so that I would have them um, and I can look back on them. And the other one that you put up that was in kind of caught me by uh, caught my interest was you put up a slide that had a, a lot of different, um, sayings or whatever, lack of attention, uh, lack of transparency, uh, misreading gestures, uh, emotional hurdles. You had all that slide with all those different yep. sayings on it, which which is, gosh, if you look at them one by one, I mean, they all fit. They're all there. They're all part of, they're all part of um, communicating. Yes. You know, effectively. Yes, and, and what Ted's talking about is a slide that I had that was about all the barriers to communication. And there were probably, I'm gonna guess, 15 to 20 barriers on that. And we went through each of those just to help people understand a little better about you know, what they all meant and how to look for them. So uh, that is actually, I have, I have put that on my, uh, my website. There is a resource tab on my website that has just the list of the barriers and suggestions to help overcome those barriers as well as how to recognize them. So that is something people can find at my website. Sure, so sure. thanks for bringing that part up. You bet. Yeah, I, I hey, I took notes. I am so glad. It, it was great <laughs> when people sent me photos of the room while I was speaking. It was amazing to me how many people, one, how many people were in the room. Like I said, I wasn't expecting that many people to show up, but how they were actively engaged and taking notes. And uh, it just made me feel really good about how communication has changed through the years because that's not what the room would have looked like 20 years ago for sure. Well, and, and 
by the way, yours was the only room that that was that full. I mean, none of the other sessions that I attended, at least, um, had anybody standing at all. There were wow. seats available. So I think I think the message that that you had, um, the name of your session, resonated with everybody. I mean, everyone needs to be able to communicate, and yeah. um, and, and I think that's why it was so important. And I and I it was a great it was a great session. I I enjoyed it most of all you know, of all of the ones that I attended. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I'm glad you got so much out of it. Um, I've heard that from other people as well. And so it just, it, it's it's a great feeling to know that people are wanting, wanting to know more about that to make the whole construction industry better. So, you know, and I, and I, I'll kind of close with this. If you're, if you're done, if you're ready to get off, but sure. um after after your session, I've been certainly more conscious about, first of all, my body language. Um, and second of all, just the way I present something to somebody verbally. Um, and, and if I'm listening to somebody, I want to make sure I hear them. And I, if I don't hear them, if I think I know what they said, but I'm not sure, I'm going to go back and ask them and say, did I understand that right? Right. Um, just because it's communication and it, it, you can hear something. And I, I, I'll be honest, I have a bad habit of saying good morning to somebody as I'm walking by <sighs> and not really stopping to listen to them say good morning back. Yeah. It's kind of a bad habit. And I, and I know it as soon as I do it and it's kind of rude probably. And I don't mean it that way, but I, I'm afraid that sometimes I do. I'm in a hurry to get to where I'm going. And I'll say, Hey, good morning. And I'll just keep going before they can even respond. And I, and I think that's a, a, something I need to work on. Well, and I'll tell you from experience, I would much rather someone walk by and say that and keep walking than the people who don't say anything at all. You know, they come in every morning, they walk by your desk and that, that goes back to that feeling valued, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you see me sitting here, you walk right by me as if I'm not even here or important. And I appreciate at least that someone says hello and acknowledges my existence and my part on the team. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I am super glad that you uh, decided to do this today. I know it was your first podcast experience, but yes, I hope, I, I hope that it went well for you and that you feel good about it, but thank you for joining us. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you or brag, what is the best way to do that? Uh, my my work email is fine, uh, ted.crawford at braggcompanies.com. Okay, and that will be in the show notes as well. So thank you again. Uh, and I'm going to wrap up for today. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Barb.